Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. Well, a funny thing happened to me last week, and it provided so many great learning opportunities that I wanted to share them with you. Ironically, as I was having this once-in-a-lifetime experience, my brother called me and said, Oh boy, Ted, I can't wait to hear this podcast. (laughs) I realize that over the many episodes of the Smart Thinking Podcast, I've told you a lot of stories about my life and those around me and those that I serve amongst. I'm constantly curious and look at life like I'm in a story, and it's probably why I remember so many weird details of what's going on. Now, before I get into the story and the applicable leadership lessons, I want to remind you of what we do and how we do it. First, we're all leaders because a leader is anyone who has influence over another person. And that means that leadership, simply put, is everywhere we are and all around us. And most people are going through their day being themselves, and that is often exactly what others, in need, have to have. You being you and showing us the way to address big issues that we are facing as well as little issues that may compound or just simply dissipate because you taught us a new way to approach it. So how do we lead? Well, we lead like the buffalo, always facing our storms and then running into them with optimism and resilience, never backing down or running away from the issues we are facing in our lives. Because charging into the storm is our natural reaction to the world in which we live. And finally, all of this is fueled by two key behaviors, empathy and reflection. Always looking at those around us, asking ourselves questions like, what is it like to be them right now? Or what would I need if I were in that situation? Then, at the end of every single day or interaction, taking the time to reflect upon what just happened and how we can improve our leadership and impact the next time we face a similar storm. Basically, and always remember this, everything we do every day matters, and so do you. I'm someone who's very fortunate in life because I I very rarely am in positions of vulnerability. Now, I define vulnerability as being in a situation where I am completely dependent upon the actions of others to support me in that moment. Often, I find myself supporting others who are feeling vulnerable or are in a cycle where they feel they've lost control and now their fate is left to others. I consider myself extremely fortunate that I have not really felt vulnerable much as an adult. As a child who experienced a bit of trauma, I can recall with great emotion feeling vulnerable and how that could very quickly cycle into a sense of hopelessness for me as a young kid. I had not felt that deep sense of vulnerability since I was in middle school, and last week, I was overcome with those exact same feelings. Feeling vulnerable is not, it is not very enjoyable. However, as soon as I would start to feel that creeping sensation of worry, doubt, and fear, it would immediately be confronted by a single behavior that made the vulnerability almost immediately dissipate. And that behavior? Well, it was empathy. Empathy from many different people as they were helping me out in a painful situation that I have never and, (laughs) fortunately, will never experience again. So, while I was experiencing all of this, I was just I just kept thinking about how I was feeling emotionally and how these strangers were calming me and increasing my confidence and supporting me in a very holistic manner, 
all by simply being empathetic and caring. So what happened? Well, here we go. Here's the story. I woke up in the middle of the night last week and felt like I was poisoned, stabbed, and had been punched in the stomach. The pain at first seemed to be similar to a really bad stomach cramp. However, it didn't fade over time. I went back to sleep as best I could, and well, and when I got up in the morning, it was the same searing pain. Now, being the stubborn person I am, I didn't tell my wife, and I just kind of convinced myself that I must have gotten food poisoning the night before from a shrimp taco that I had eaten. So I went to work. I went to a few meetings and had a few Zoom calls, and by 11 o'clock, I called my amazing assistant, Deb, and said, um, I need to cancel my afternoon and lay down. Now, by now, I was experiencing my body rejecting everything in it, <laughs> and I was getting hot flashes. I laid down for a minute or two, or it's probably longer than that, but as soon as I laid down, my mind started immediately telling me stories, and that made me nervous, and I decided to call my doctor. And I got on the phone with my doctor's nurse, and Nurse Danielle was there to help me. Okay, wait. I have to disclose this really weird behavior about myself. When I get really nervous, I don't get anxious or worry. Instead, I get hyper and funny. I tell a lot of jokes. I try to make everybody feel better around me. I try to act like there's nothing wrong with me at all. And I always turn up my natural energy. Well, Nurse Danielle gets on the phone and I can tell she's clicking protocol boxes as she's asking me questions. Do you have a fever? Yes. Are you vomiting? Yes. Are you experiencing the toots and scoots? Yes. Is the pain, that's not a medical term, but anyways, is the pain a searing pain in your abdomen? Yes. As she's asking questions, I'm joking around and she's laughing because I'm trying to convince her to tell me I just have a bad stomach ache from that shrimp taco and I just need to take some Tums. However, she very sincerely and very seriously says to me, you need to get to the emergency room and ask them to check you for an acute appendicitis. All the while she's on the phone with me, she's demonstrating great empathy for my situation, reminding me that this is very serious and that I need to go now. She even said to me, I understand this is not what you want happening to you right now, but you need to get yourself taken care of immediately. That statement right there, I understand but that shook me to the seriousness of the situation and really helped calm me down. She named my issue, she gave me specific directions, and she did it all in a caring, empathetic manner while I was trying to be a comedian and hoping I just had bad gas. Okay, this next part might get a little graphic, and if you've had an appendicitis, you're going to be like, yep, that's what it's like. So I end up, after a little bit of wait, in the emergency room, actually getting admitted and going in. And my condition by this time has greatly accelerated with pain I've never felt before and things just flying out of me. Then another moment of empathy. The emergency room nurse comes in and sits by me and asks me about my feelings and what's going on. And she goes to a little check and then she starts checking all of my vitals. Now, by this time, my humor is still intact, but the pain is literally unbearable. And I'm still holding out hope that I'm slowly being punished by that fish taco or the shrimp taco. The doctor explains that if he gives, gives me pain medication, I won't be able to drive home. So I decide, like an idiot, mm, I'm going to go without the pain medication because I still think this is the shrimp tacos <laughs> until I have the CAT scan. However, while I'm sitting there, my body decides to test me and I go from five on the pain scale to a nine. I now actually know what that means. I remember always being asked, is this a three, a four, a five? I never understood the pain scale until this day. And now, not funny and feeling extremely vulnerable, there I laid with a nine on the pain scale. 
The nurse hustles over and gets the doctor, and he and the nurse both demonstrate a ton of empathy. They get me pain medication, settle me down, and make me feel more confident as I am now rapidly being cared for, blood being drawn, IV put in my arm. And of course, I'm asking the nurses and phlebotomists to please not be intimidated by the size of my forearms as they're looking for my veins, which, if you've ever seen my arms, they're the size of a wooden spoon ladle. Mm, Not even the ladle, the handle. While all of this is happening, I'm watching everyone's behavior and how they're leading all around me, how they're calm, reassuring, and encouraging. I had Buffalo medical staff everywhere, people just charging into the storm, reacting to me and whatever storm was brought to them that moment in the emergency room, and this one just happened to be called Ted Knightsky. And they're making me feel so assured that any nervousness is gone, as well as the idea that I was being killed by a shrimp taco. After getting scanned and coming back to the emergency room, the empathy squad increased and the vulnerability feelings I was having decreased by a bunch. I couldn't believe how confident they made me feel about the next steps, which was to remove my appendix and get me into the emergency surgery as soon as possible. The surgeon came in and Dr. Apple, she was amazing, again, just very confidently and empathetically spoke to me, walked me through everything, asked me some questions, put up with my humor and said, I'll see you in a little bit. She also answered every question I had with just great patience. A nurse then explained to me that they were going to be moving me into surgery quickly because it appeared my appendix had ruptured. I asked if that was a big deal and I felt a wash of warmth go over my whole body. It's a little thing called nervousness. And in this case, we should call it what it was. It was fear. She said, I can imagine you're worried. But if you needed to be in a place while this was happening, you're here. You're in that place. A moment later, my awesome wife comes whipping around the corner because she had parent-teacher conferences, and I kept texting her, don't worry, I think it's just the shrimp tacos. I'm pretty sure I just have food poisoning, and I'll call you when I know what's going on. And her empathy was also amazing because we now share one thing, and that is that neither of us have an appendix. She held my hand, and we went up to surgery. While going up there, I was joking around and worrying about her, worrying about me, and then I met Nurse Sarah, who greeted me, and I was like, Sarah! I knew her, and she listened to my jokes, and then she put her hand on my shoulder right before I went into surgery and said, Ted, this is very routine, and that's a great team in there, so if you're worried, just worry a little less. Empathy. It's almost as if she knew exactly what I wanted to hear. I mean, I've never met any of these people, well, I knew Sarah, but I never met any of them before, and... They're going to knock me out, take my God-given parts out of my body, and then stitch me back up? What? Although, I'd like to share that I was confident going in. I really wasn't. But weirdly, I also wasn't scared. Because all of the things making me nervous and making me feel vulnerable were each greeted by another medical professional who seemed to know exactly what I needed at that moment. Empathy. I get wheeled into the surgical room and I ask why there's no music playing and which they immediately were like, oh, well, we can turn the music on. We normally don't have it playing when the patients are awake. The anesthesiologist started joking along with me, and he was empathetic and terrific as well. I remember threatening to punch Nurse Dan for some shot he took at the music that was playing that I liked, and then they told me what was about to happen. And they started going through another list. Hey, so when you wake up, this is what will have happened. And they said things like, we're going to shave your abdomen, (laughs) which then I mumbled, Can I uh, pay for an upgrade to a bikini wax? Anyways, and then they gave me some oxygen, asked me about the best hike I'd ever taken, and then, then I woke up with Nurse Sarah again, who looked at me with the most caring eyes, and she said, 
everything went well. I ended up in my room downstairs, and my wife and mom were there, and more empathy hit me from the nurses and my mom and my wife. So then, this new character enters. Now enter Nurse Liz. Liz is my age, a veteran nurse, and you can tell she's seen a lot over her career. She's very confident and kind, firm and caring, honest and sweet. All night long, she would come in and everything I was feeling and worrying about, Nurse Liz would just demonstrate a level of empathy that immediately dissipated any worries that I had. My body was doing things I've never experienced. I was feeling things I never experienced. I was feeling things in places I didn't know existed. And I had this familiar feeling that I guess I had been feeling all day. I was surrounded by empathetic love. All these people who were charged with my care, who were putting up with my jokes and my constant questioning, sometimes the curiosity I have, it can be a bit much. But these wonderful people, the surgeon, the nurses, the CNAs, the emergency room doctor, even the ladies who greeted me at the front door with a sense of humor as I was standing there green and sweating, all of them expertly demonstrated empathy to me. And I firmly believe that their empathetic love for my outcome helped me with the confidence to get me healthier faster. Okay, so... Here I am 10 days later talking about this, and I can't emphasize enough the the gift that was bestowed upon me by everyone I ran into at Aurora Hospital in Grafton. Only a few of them knew my name or my profession, and none of them knew what I was lying there feeling. They didn't know that I was feeling very vulnerable, that I was nervous, that I was scared, that I, I felt like I had no control. And every time that vulnerability would begin to overwhelm me, that feeling would be countered with simple statements like, Ted, I can imagine this is difficult for you right now. Ted, I can see that you are in pain. Ted, you seem worried about. And my favorite, Theodore, what questions can we answer so that you feel confident going into this procedure? That one actually stopped me, and I typed it into my notes on my phone. I'm the buffalo, but I thought I was invisible. I've always thought I was in control, but I wasn't. When you suddenly lose that and supercharge it with the idiotic idea that you can manifest a failing organ into being a bad shrimp taco, it can be really tough and disappointing. However, the entire team I was there with, they all all cared because I'm being cared for by experts. I never once thought about the surgery, the risks, or what was happening because these amazing people just kept leading me with empathy. No question was out of line, scoffed at, or dismissed. I was anxious. I was nervous. I was in dad joke overdrive. But they didn't know that about me. What they all knew very well was empathy. And empathy, well, that diminishes fear. Thank you for listening to that story. And I wanted to share it with you because what struck me the entire time was all of you. And how every day we lead others with just being who we are. And how that is enough. It is enough to be who we are because all those people were just being themselves and they really mattered in the moment to me because they were being empathetic. And while I was laying there watching all of these things going on and observing leadership everywhere, I couldn't help but reflect on the last time I felt that vulnerable. And it was when I was in a sixth grader. These healthcare professionals, CNAs, nurses, and doctors were so empathetic, always looking at me through what I was experiencing. And it was exactly like my principal when I was a middle school kid who was constantly acting out, or many times acting in. That is why I wanted to talk about this. Empathy is so powerful. 90% of the people who listen to this podcast are educators. 10% are leaders in other industries, healthcare, automotive, law, nonprofits, law enforcement, firefighters, all types. But I need you to remember that we each, 
every moment of the day can make a difference by being Buffalo and leading with empathy. My middle school principal was keenly aware of what I was experiencing that year in sixth grade, and she she was amazing. She did show me empathy all the time, and she did also hold me to high standards, and that's what it felt like in the hospital. My principal positively reinforced the good, and she managed the bad. She loved me for the little lost kid I was, and it was always making me feel safe, secure, and cared for. And when I would leave her, and when I would leave her office, I often felt nervous and was very vulnerable to the world around me, always worrying what others thought, how they'd treat me, and what they'd say about me or my brothers or my family. Then I would see her, and she'd make me feel calm, cared for, and confident. At about 3.30 a.m. in the morning in the hospital, I recognized the weird, calm, cared for, and confident feeling was back. And it was a really good feeling. And it was brought to me by the same type of care, calmness, and confidence that my teachers and principals used to bestow upon me as a confused little naughty boy. But now they were nurses and doctors and CNAs. Now, I don't care what your role in life is. You have the opportunity every time someone is in front of you to support their vulnerability through empathy. Running into an empathetic person is a gift that is eternal. Because in the moment of vulnerability, laying there, helpless, not knowing what to do, a person, a leader, emerges who wants to know what it's like to be you and then serve you wherever that is. (laughs) That's an amazing gift. And the one is like a muscle. The more you practice empathy, the better you get at reading the needs of others. The stronger you make those in front of you feel, and the better you both are as a result of this interaction that you are participating in. My appendix, like everything in my life, was an opportunity to celebrate what I have, who loves me, and how fortunate I am, especially to meet all of these amazing leaders at the hospital. Today, I offer you a challenge. Look at those around you and wonder, What do they need in order to feel confident, to feel cared for, and to feel loved by you? I don't care if you're selling cars, negotiating a labor contract, working with the naughtiest third grader or senior you've ever met. I don't care if the child in your classroom is insanely challenging and makes it difficult to love them. They are likely feeling vulnerable, don't feel a sense of control, and they need to be understood. I experienced all of that in the hospital. And was very fortunate to be on the receiving end of people who wondered, who were kind, who were patient, and most importantly, showed a lot of empathy for me. So here's your challenge. I want you to look very thoroughly at the people you serve or support today. I want you to look past any narratives you have about them, and I want you to lean into them with empathy. Today, asking questions like, What would I need if I were in that situation? What would it be like to be facing what they're facing? And what wonderings or worries do you have that we can address so you feel more confident? This week, and, well, heck, forever, supercharge your empathy. I mean, the way I felt after this was emotional. It was emotionally draining, and it was a tough week physically. And the care I continue to get from these empathetic leaders is so reassuring that I feel no sense of vulnerability right now. Instead, I feel cared for, understood, confident in my healing, and hopeful. And most importantly, grateful. And I want you to help me help the world feel like that today. 
And we can do that together by just simply being empathetic. So let's do some smart thinking. Describe the last time you felt vulnerable and how you overcame that emotion and those feelings. List the people in your life that would benefit from your empathy. And describe how you can increase your empathy in your actions each day to support those that are standing right in front of you. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you so much for listening to this. And make sure to rate and share this episode with others, especially if you have friends who are in the healthcare business. That's a tough job, my friends. And that is also a job where there is low engagement per gallop across the country. And I think they just need to hear from more people like me and others how big of a difference they do make. Also, thank you to the Well Pennies for their great music. I was told by Brian and Sarah they're in the studio and they're writing, so they've got some new music coming hopefully this summer or this fall. And please make sure to follow them on whatever platform you listen to your music on. Now, as we close out this week, I really want you thinking about your personal impact in everything you do. I believe that we are presented the challenges in our lives because we can handle them. As people come in and out of your day, I want you to think about how you treat them, how you serve them, and how you lead them with your example and empathy. I was profoundly impacted by the empathy of all these professional people, Sarah, Dr. Apple, Danielle, Liz, and many more. I just didn't write all of their names down because I didn't think to. I was just more in awe of their awesomeness. Here's the deal. If you're tired, find the energy because they need it. If it's near the end of the journey with someone, find the will to end the journey with the needs of the other person first, especially the kids in school, your colleagues, their parents, and even those around you who are not directly supporting you in your work. I was never once dismissed for my worries, my jokes, or my fears in that hospital. I was embraced for my wonderful weirdness and people met me where I was at. I had not felt this vulnerable since, seriously, since I was 11 years old, 41 years ago. People who lead with empathy make the greatest difference. People who lead with empathy grow a following of others who lead with empathy. People who lead with empathy make people feel like the sun is shining upon their face on a cool day. Empathy diminishes vulnerability and fear, makes people stronger, faster, and supports leaders leading leaders to new levels. Through this all, I was on the receiving end of so much empathy, there was one overwhelming feeling, and I think it's coming out in this conversation. Gratitude. They made me feel like I mattered, that I was cared for, that I was going to be okay, and that made me grateful for everything. Well, not everything. I mean, I really didn't even want to be there, but I was there, and I was with them. No matter who is in front of you today or tomorrow, remember that whoever that is in front of you in that moment, that they are the single most important person in the world and they deserve your attention, care, and empathy. That way, they'll grow the strength to charge into the storm. Well, unless, of course, you have some restrictions like me for the next 11 days, then it's just going to be a casual walk into the storm with no twisting or core exercises. All right, friends, I'm going to end this with a song by Andrew Hoyt, one of the Golden Bear studio artists, and it's called Heroes Exist. Thank you, everybody at Aurora Grafton. I really do appreciate you. You start my heart when you walk out your car. We talked there for hours. 